bring you greetings in the name of the Lord. Last uh, quarter, we had uh, Sunday school lessons from the book of John. Uh, one of the lessons was on the Good Shepherd uh, in John 10. Um, that's a big lesson. We didn't get it all, all uh, discussed. There was one verse especially that I noticed in that... Um, in that um, lesson that uh, we didn't get to. And I'd like to talk on that verse this morning. And if I get my notes arranged here, I'll tell you what that is. Uh, it's uh, in John 10, and it's verse 10. Well, actually 9 and 10. I'll read both of those. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh but not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I'd like to talk this morning about that last word in that, in that verse that I read, the word abundant. Abundantly or abundant. Abundant life. Uh, Jesus said that he has come that they might have life. And then there's a comma there. And that they might have it more abundantly. Uh, years ago I heard a minister say that that uh, is talks there about life beyond the comma. And you probably heard that statement as well. Uh, but uh, it's not only life, but it's abundant life. And the Bible talks about uh, abundance in uh, different areas, and I'd like to look at some of those this morning. This, this, uh, uh, this thought of abundant life is uh, really a admonition for us all. You know, we, uh, we think of life, and uh, certainly uh, life is, is precious. Uh, life is a gift from God. Here Jesus, I believe, is talking about, um, about spiritual life, um, perhaps mostly, but also uh, I think we can think of uh, physical life too. But here I think mainly we're looking at uh, life that is uh, abundant in a spiritual way. This is a reminder that uh, abundant Christian experience is possible for everyone of God's faithful followers. Along with that verse, I'd like to read uh, from First Peter. I'm going to be reading quite a few scriptures this morning. In First Peter five, or First First Peter four, seventeen are these interesting verses. They've always intrigued me. It says, "For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, 
what shall the end of be of them that obey not the gospel? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? Uh, these verses always intrigue me. Is uh, Do we ever become tempted to think that we are just barely making it? You know, we, we are Christian, but... Uh, and we love the Lord, and uh, we are saved, but uh, uh, we're just, you know, just on the edge. Our nose is just above the water, and we're just uh, probably uh, struggling for to touch bottom and just can hardly make it. Do you ever tempted to think that? You ever tempted to be in a position like that? And these verses... Um, and I'm not sure uh, you might have different thoughts in these verses that I do, but it says, "If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? Are we just scare? Are we just barely making it, or are we living life beyond the comma?" Uh, this morning we want to see by the scripture, the scriptures that I've uh, picked out, and I. And as I was studying this, I found out that uh, the um, subject of abundance is not going to be covered here this morning. The more I looked, uh, the more I found uh, in the Bible that talks about things that are abundant and blessings that are abundant. I have uh, seven listed. You could add to that list quite a few more. Do we sometimes uh, get the impression that we escape hell only by the skin of our teeth? You know, just barely make it. Well, the Bible doesn't leave us with that, uh, with that uh, dim hope. The Bible gives us the, the assurance that we can escape hell by a very wide margin. Do we have a victory over sin? We have abundance of God's grace, which is one of the subjects, one of the lists on my list. But we have uh, a God who is uh, willing and ready and uh, very um, aggressive in giving us all we need so that we can live far above sin. And we don't have to be uh, thinking that we're just barely getting by, just barely making it by the skin of our teeth. But in a spiritual sense, we can have a... Um, we are serving a God who, who is uh, very rich and who is giving abundance in, uh, in, a, in a large, very large measure. Most of my, uh, uh, most of my uh, verses are will be from the New Testament. Um, I think I have one from the Old Testament. The first one uh, I call these seven flowing wells of abundant life. And like I said, you can add to the list if you like. There, uh, if you look in the concordance and different places, you can probably find more. 
but seven flowing wells of abundant life. How many have ever seen an artesian well? Uh, one place where we lived in northern Minnesota, and there was this community where we lived, there's numerous of these uh, flowing wells, artesian wells. Uh, one place where we lived, uh, this water gushed out of the ground. It was just a pipe coming up out of the ground, inch and, inch and, uh, um, inch and three-quarter pipe. And it, it uh, made a bend like this, and then there was a tank, water tank, and this, uh, this well. Filled that tank, uh, the tank ran over, there was a, a way to get the, uh, for it to get down to the creek. And this, um, if I'm not mistaken, this well is still running like that. Uh, it's, a, it's kind of a, a different phenomenon, I guess, up there where, where we lived. Uh, the water flows north. Uh, all the water flows north into Hudson Bay. Um, there's a, a large bog or swamp area to the south of where we lived, um, probably 40, 50, 60 miles of it. And um, of course that's a bit higher and that, that's boggy and it's water that's, uh, you know, it, it flows north and it's underground flowing north and uh, they would drill these wells and happen to hit that vein and the water would gush out. One time my, uh, uh, we weren't home and my brother-in-law come through there, he was from Wisconsin and, and uh, he saw this pipe coming up there, there actually was a valve on it because someone tried to shut it off once and it didn't work. But so he, uh, he said, huh, Arnie left his water running so he shut the valve off and and uh, when I come home, the water was gushing up around the pipe, and uh, so it was. There was pressure there, and it was it was overflowing. Well, that's just an illustration. I call these seven flowing wells of abundant life. First of all, abundant power. Um, this is in Ephesians, and we find the source then of abundance. And that's Ephesians 3. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. So we have God who is the source of all of this power. Um, verse 19 of chapter 1 says this, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet, and given him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. We have the, the idea there of power, uh, abundant power, way more power than, than uh, what we could ever think of, and uh, way more power than what is needed. Uh, 
It's abundant, exceedingly, above all that we ask or think. In, um, this, is, uh, this follows Paul's prayer for the Ephesian Christians. If we go back just a couple verses there, uh, 14 in chapter 3, he says, uh, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in earth, heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to com comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Does that sound like uh, someone is just barely making it? Uh, it talks there about the fullness of uh, God, and it talks about uh, uh, the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ. And, uh, and then it closes with those verses that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Abundant power. God has that power and he, he makes it possible that we can be recipients of uh, and beneficiaries of that power that he has for us to live. It's unlimited. It's without end. And God is the source. And it says it brings glory, the glory of God to the church. <clears throat> Number two, the second one then, is abundant love. First Thessalonians. These are all just within a few pages here. So, uh, first, Thess uh, first Thessalonians 3, and the verses are 12 and 13. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. And then uh, the very next verse, chapter 4, verse 1. Furthermore, then... We beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. Uh, the word uh, abound, uh, abundance, abundantly, uh, if you look in Strong's Concordance and uh, look at these words, you'll see numerous verses. And uh, like I say, you can add to my list here. But... Uh, he talks here of abundant love. Make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. It establishes our hearts unblameable, it says. Uh, we don't have to live in defeat. We don't have to live just barely making it with our, with our nose just above the water, so to speak. But we can have abundant abundance. Uh, God's example of love. When you think of love that's abundant, think of God's example. John 3.16, where he's, uh, we're all very familiar with that verse, where God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God's forgiveness causes love to abound. In Luke 7, and I think I should turn to that, an interesting uh, uh, account of uh, where Jesus was speaking to, uh, I think it's Simon. Luke 7, starting at verse 4. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him. Um, let's see. No, that's not right. It's verse 41. Sorry. There was a certain creditor. This is Jesus uh, was in the house of Simon. And uh, this woman came in and, and uh, uh, wept over his feet, uh, washed his feet with her tears, wiped them with her hair. And uh, Simon, uh, he said, if Jesus knew what kind of a woman this is, he wouldn't let her, let her even touch him. Uh, she is a sinner. If you go back to verse 37, and behold a woman in the city which was a sinner, and, uh, but Simon said, she is a sinner. And uh, here's what Jesus said to Simon. And Jesus answered and said unto Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when he had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. Um, love, we're talking about abundance of love. The abundant love. And how God's forgiveness causes that love to abound in our lives. It should. And um, you say, well, we haven't been given uh, forgiven as much as what that woman was but you know what every one of us who uh, have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ we have been forgiven a great debt one that is far greater than what we can ever pay ourselves and so if we have been forgiven all that great debt like uh, it says this creditor forgave uh, a man who owed him very much and uh, God has forgiven us uh, for much and so it should sp uh, spur us to love and to abound in love for him <clears throat> so we have abundant power and abundant love the third well that I'm thinking of is abundant grace and we're going to turn to uh, Romans the fifth chapter for this. I'll be reading uh, starting at verse 15. But on his offense, so also is a free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God, 
and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. There again is that word, abounded. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the gift of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned, by one much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men under justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Abundant grace comes to us because of what Jesus did. It results in our justification. It results in the, the fact that even though we are sinners and we deserve death, uh, the wages of sin is death, even though uh, that fact, yet because of the grace of God, he has brought salvation. Uh, it causes thanksgiving and glory to God, this abundant grace. Uh, turn then to Second Corinthians. Verse 4, chapter 4. Verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abounding, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. All these words have the idea of abundance, of that which is great. Why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. <clears throat> this abundant grace causes thanksgiving and glory to God. Um, it's uh, abundant grace is is gained through. Through humility, James 4. Verse 6 says, But he giveth more grace. Grace that's abundant. More and more. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn, and let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves, therefore, in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. <clears throat> this uh, abundant grace, if we, uh, we, we, ha we can't uh, count on God's abundant grace if we are so proud that we think we have to do it ourselves. But it's when we humble ourselves and um, 
submit to God. And he supplies this grace, this abundant grace. And uh, it's gained through, that, uh, through a humble uh, way of coming to him. In uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 9, verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound in every good work. And this abundant grace is that which results in good works. And uh, we can have uh, this grace that's abundant. It's, uh, it's a well that springs and it's uh, flowing for us. That's the third one. The fourth one I have here is abundant pardon. And this, we go to the Old Testament for this one. My favorite, uh, one of my favorite chapters in the Old Testament, Isaiah 55. And I'm going to read starting at verse 6. Seek ye therefore, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts in your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth up forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. It says, for uh, that God will have mercy upon him and, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. The blessing of God is, is poured out on those who forsake evil and follow him. And uh, we might think, well, it's talking there about, about uh, material blessings, but Really, you know, it uh, it goes much, much further than that. And the blessings of God will be uh, spiritual blessings if we uh, if we forsake evil and follow Him. <clears throat> Number five, abundant joy. Uh, let's see. Turn to Philippians. Philippians 1 and verse uh, 26 says that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. I maybe should read just a few verses around that one. Um, verse 23 for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. 
Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Christ, in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Um, also, chapter 3 talks about uh, rejoicing. Uh, chapter 3, verse 1 says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is life. Rejoice in the Lord, he's saying. And then over in uh, chapter 4, verse uh, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. That's an interesting word. It has the word joy in it. It has the word re, which means once again, or maybe more than once. But uh, that verse, uh, that chapter 4, verse 4, is very interesting. Uh, joy again, um, and in the Lord always, and again I say joy again. That uh, makes it a little cumbersome to read, but that's what it's talking about. Uh, to have joy over and over and over and over again. And uh, this, this uh, would uh, cause us to realize that this joy he's talking about is uh, abundance. It's an abundance of joy. It's not just um, once, uh, not just twice, but over and over again. We can, we can experience joy, the joy of Christian life. Uh, turn, to, uh, turn to John 3 again. Or back to John and uh, this is John the Baptist speaking uh, verse 27 of John 3 says uh, John answered and said a man can receive nothing except to be given him from above ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ but that I am sent before him he that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Thus, this my joy therefore is fulfilled. Does that sound like uh, John the Baptist had abundant joy? Uh, he was uh, joyful uh, because of uh, Christ. And uh, he says he rejoiced greatly and his joy was fulfilled, uh, a fullness of joy. He talks of abundant joy. Then he says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Uh, when we uh, have that attitude toward uh, the Lord Jesus, I believe we can have joy in our hearts to realize that uh, uh, He is important. He is the one who uh, we want to see uh, promoted, not ourselves. Uh, he must increase, but I must decrease, John the Baptist said. Uh, because of Christ, joy can be full. Uh, Jesus provides fullness of joy. Turn to uh, also in John, the fifteenth chapter. 
verse 9. As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy may be full. That's abundant joy. Uh, a joy that is full, a fullness of joy is abundant. Answered prayer brings joy. John 16, starting verse 22. And ye know there, and ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. In that day ye shall ask me nothing, verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask in the Father, the Father in my name, he will give it you. Here, hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Answered prayer brings joy. <clears throat> Abundance of joy causes uh, benevolence. Or um, let's turn to Second Corinthians eight. This is uh, a couple chapters there where the Apostle Paul is talking about uh, giving and talks about how giving um, can bring joy. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 2 How that in a great, maybe I better start verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction and the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Uh, are you, uh, do you have joy when you're poor? Uh, when, you, you're in poverty, when you think you might be in poverty? Um, the bills are bigger than you can pay, and uh, and you don't know where the where it's coming from. And uh, does that cause joy? Well, here it says, uh, how then in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Even though they were poor, it fostered their their. Um, Benevolent spirit, so that they were willing to share. <clears throat> or, you know what? Sour people are not apt to be giving people. Um, it's all for myself. I can't make enough. Just, um, um, I'm, I'm just going to take care of myself. And, uh, but you know what? If we have the joy of the Lord in our hearts, it can cause us to be have a benevolent spirit, so that we are willing to share with others this this abundance of joy. Uh, verses uh, in that same chapter, uh, verses. Say uh, it down here. Okay, verse eleven. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be performance also out of that which ye have. 
For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to a man hath, and not according to what he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye be burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply of their want, and their abundance may be also a supply of your want, that there may be equality. Uh, out of our meager abundance, we might say, we can share with each other, and this causes joy. Sing with me that little chorus. J O Y, J O Y, surely shall be Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. J O Y, J O Y, this must surely be Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. Well, if we have that that attitude that uh, we put Jesus first and uh, ourselves last and others in between brings joy. Uh, Luke 6.38 gives a description of uh, a giving, description of abundant giving. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall, be, uh, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. And you know, that's, that's more than just material things. You know, if we are willing to give encouragement, if we're willing to... to uh, be used to encourage our brothers and our sisters in the Lord and uh, they in turn encourage us and we have and if we do that like it says in good measure pressed down shaken together running over talks of abundance there that thing that is abundant and it brings abundant joy okay my sixth uh, flowing well is abundant hope and we'll turn again to Romans for this to start with Romans 15 Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy, Holy Ghost. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. He talks there about abounding in hope. Uh, hope is is a word that's interesting. Um, I hope this or I hope that. Maybe sometimes when we use the word we 
we are uh, just maybe thinking of uh, wishing instead of hoping. Uh, wishing and hoping are two different things. Wishing, you know, we we want something and wish for it, but uh, probably not sure we'll get it. But uh, when you think of hope, especially as the Bible talks about hope, uh, hope is a is a um, desire for something that we anticipate with uh, surety. The hope of heaven, the hope of uh, eternal life, and uh, those uh, those kind of uh, the abundance of hope here it talks about abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost, and we can. Uh, have this abundant hope. This hope is a a living hope because of God's abundant mercy. Uh, 1 Peter 1 tells us about this. And there's another another one that I didn't didn't, uh, list really. Um... Blessed be the God, this is 1 Peter 1, or yeah, 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy uh, has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Um, A living hope, uh, one that is vibrant, one that's alive, one that we can, uh, when we hope in. uh, things of the Lord Jesus, we can count on them, uh, his promises being fulfilled. <clears throat> Colossians 1.27 is another good one here. three verses uh, verse 27 to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you the hope of glory whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus whereunto I also labor striving according to his working which worketh in me mightily the two words I uh, pick out there is uh, verse 27 has the word riches of the glory um, speaks of abundance and which works in me mightily another word that uh, talks of abundance uh, the hope of glory and so we have abundant hope okay my seventh one Abundant virtues. Turn to Second Peter, and I guess perhaps you could um, uh, you could use this and make a whole other list of the things that uh, talk about uh, abounding in. Starting at verse three, Second Peter one, according as his divine power has given us unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness 
to the knowledge of him that hath called us to virtue, uh, to, pr- to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. There's another one, abundance, great and precious promises. It talks about the abundance of God's promises, that uh, by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption which is in the world through lust. And beside all this, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, there you have the again the word abundance. These virtues, if they are in you, and there's abundance of them, if they abound in you, then what does it say? They make you that ye shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it tells us, gives us a warning, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You think about an abundant entrance. What do you think of? No, Jesus said uh, the, the way is narrow and the gate is narrow. It's restricted. But here it talks about an abundant entrance. It's one that's not too narrow to get into. <laughs> abundant entrance. Um, I had to think of uh, my grandson Evan. He can't go just every place because if the door is too narrow, he can't get his wheelchair through there. But uh, here it's talking about an, e- an entrance that's abundant. There's plenty of room, plenty of room to get in to the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. I hope I've sparked your uh, interest in this subject, and uh, I really would um, encourage you to even, you know, to look further into it. You can add to my list. It's uh, life beyond the comma. Jesus said, "I've come that they might have life." and that they might have it more abundantly.